0: welcome back everybody to the odd man rush podcast uh today we have a very special guest uh we're joined by ryan mead of the blue shirts breakaway podcast on the athletic uh ryan how are you doing
1: I'm doing, uh, you know what? Things were bad, but now things are great.
0: So <laughs> yeah, I'm um, I'm all right. It's a it's a sunny afternoon. That's yeah. all I could say. Um, so welcome everybody back. Uh, as you know, I'm Caden, and from his station is Jared. Jared, how you doing? Pretty good. So, uh, as you all listened to the last podcast we did, you might know that the New York Rangers just got the first overall pick. In the yeah, if you live in if you live above. Under Earth, you might <laughs> Yeah. That the Rangers got <laughs> the first overall up. pick. <laughs> um, Rangers got the first overall pick to select, gar- probably guarantee the number one overall pick, Alexis Lafreniere. Yeah. Uh, Ramuski. So before we get into that, we want to ask, ask you some questions, Ryan, about mm-hmm. the Rangers season this year. Sure. So, first question is were, like, were you happy about how they played this whole season?
1: Yeah, I guess, um, was I happy about it? I mean, no. Um, the, the answer is yes and no. Is it awesome that Artemi Panarin was like a heart finalist and he's more than we could have ever imagined? Yeah, that was awesome. Was it awesome that Mika Zivinijad in like 58 games had almost the mo- like he had the best goal game ratio of any player in the league, including Alex Ovechkin? Yeah, that was awesome. Was it terrible for me and personally as a giant fan of Kapokako that he was statistically the worst player in the NHL the entire season? Yeah, that sucked. Um, so uh, it was a situation where I thought the team could make a playoff run they didn't – the pandemic obviously happened. Uh, they were going to fall short, I believe, of making the playoffs throughout this entire season, which would have been fine. You know, it, they were would they were been a fringe playoff team. This was a rebuilding year, and they took a step forward. They made the playoffs, or the play-ins is whatever you want to call them, um, versus the Carolina Hurricanes, got their butts stopped. Um, and I don't know if I can curse on this podcast or not. And yeah. uh, they got their little butts stopped out. And from there, uh, it's been – That was a really sad and really awakening moment. It's like, wow, we have a lot of questions to answer on this squad. And from that moment, uh, we got the number one overall
0: pick. And now I have even more questions I need answered. Um, So one thing we did this whole, for our start of our podcast, is when we did some certain teams, we would give a player who surprised us and a player who disappointed us. Yep. So we want to get your opinion on a player or two players this season who surprised you and who disappointed you.
1: So surprising, I guess, like it's so bland, it's so boring, but um, it's like Adam Fox. It, it's surprising um, because he is a rookie. He didn't finish top three in the Calder, but. I think that's because I think somehow, and I am a conspiracy theorist in this way, like somehow New York Rangers, like have some bias against them where they don't, because they're from New York, people don't give them the coverage they deserve sometimes. as even though they're a gigantic market, I don't understand when it comes to awards and NHL coverage, people just seem to have some sort of bias towards the Rangers. And I feel like that goes way back. Uh, It's probably because we don't shut up about ninety four, but we've won one cup and done almost nothing. We're super proud about it. Um, So... Adam Fox this entire season played at an elite level. There are some anal- uh, analytics out there that pretty much said, he, like, if you take his season and export it into a base salary, he played at $11.5 million um, the entire season, which is incredible for a rookie. So that was the surprise. Um, for the disappointment, I mean, it's got to be Kako. When you, when you draft second overall, and the reason why Kako was second and not first um, was because he was more quote-unquote NHL ready. And I have to be honest, he wasn't NHL ready the entire season until the playoffs when he was clearly the best player for the New York Rangers.
0: I, I agree. Um, I tweeted out um, after I think the second game that this team was a disappointment and how they were playing was embarrassing. But the only really good players on the team coming into those playing rounds were Capo Capocacco, Adam Fox, Ryan Lindgren, and Julian Gauthier.
1: Yeah, and Gauthier played like less than 7 minutes um a lot of the time. I think he might have had an injury and they wouldn't say anything. They got pulled in game 2. Uh so he, he really didn't see much time from him. I thought Adam Fox was not himself also. I thought he played well, but it's just like Adam do- didn't didn't stand out at all uh, in in the 3 games. Uh, I don't, I don't I think Truba was the best defenseman on the on the squad for those 3 games and even then like I'm not sure like he was blowing anybody's socks off. I, I was impressed more th- uh, in the playoff series than I was in the entire season with Truba where I was like, I'm still genuinely worried about that contract in the long term, And I wonder if that comes back to bite the Rangers and if people start turning on Truba, uh, but he is still relatively young. I think he's 27 or 26. Uh, 20. I think he's 26. Yeah. I think he's 26. And I think he's gonna be 27 by next season. I could be wrong, but still are young in his prime. Going to be able to provide to this Rangers team what they need, but you have to hope you get more than, than that from him. Um, and Kako looked like an entirely different player from start to finish. Uh, when, as soon as he took the, like more aggressiveness, uh, taking shots, he wouldn't have taken before taking confidence with the puck going down low. There's a lot he was doing where I was like, wow, this is not the player I was watching all season long
2: now with Lafreniere in the fold, do you think you'll see that Caco now from, because I look at Lafreniere coming in here, like he's going to have the pressure of possibly being the number one overall pick. Right. So does does that help Caco kind of like ease in and just kind of be his own player now because he's not, doesn't have that pressure of being that, second overall pick I
1: don't know like uh, so I've seen this narrative thrown at me like a ton like oh wow it's great that we're getting the one over pick imagine all the pressure off Kako like yeah. does Kako just suddenly think like oh I don't have to perform <laughs> like <laughs> like like oh everyone's looking at this guy it's not me anymore like he had Artemi Panarin he had Mika Zabinajad. like people were taking pressure off Kako it's not like he was in Ottawa and he's the only hope true like yeah. Kako like he's the oh my god if Kako doesn't work out we are screwed like the guy has had pressure taken off of him and now like obviously with alexi coming in that's a big deal um and it, he could end up being his winger for like the next i don't know seven to eight years like two years down the line the top line for the new york rangers could be mika Capo Kako, and and Lafreniere. that's a possibility he could end up playing with him for a very long time does it take the pressure off him no like i think kako is a very competitive guy he's quiet he's kind of quirky um in a weird way but he like from everything I've heard and everything I've I've spoken about with other people like the guy has a lot of confidence he knows he's the shit like he <laughs> he can play like he knows he can but he wasn't able to figure that out and he also put on like I don't know like 30 pounds of muscle yeah in the last, I was like, gonna I was gonna
0: mention that if you saw after the Dallas Stars game when he scored those two goals how in his first game when he got his first NHL goal he looked like a scrawny kid so like and no muscle like, at all and then he, and then you see him after that game, he yeah. transformed, <laughs> transformed. Yeah. I think, I think it helped with the, I remember the all-star break. He went back mm-hmm. to Finland. I think that really helped.
1: Yeah, it did. Um, the guy had been playing hockey, no joke, for like competitive hockey for two years straight. I don't think he had any time off. The world, the world cup, uh, whatever it was that he's been playing, he'd been playing forever. Like he just never stopped. He, I think he had maybe one, a couple weeks off of playing hockey. And even then he was training for the draft. So his legs were dead. You saw he like, he didn't have the speed he had over when he was in Finland. Like that just wasn't there. And his skating, it was never his strong, strong point. He kind of like has the amazing puck handling skills that no one else has. And he has the body, the size, the way to move to the net and such like that. But he never was able to really show that ability this year. And that's was, was concerning. When the pucks were against the boards, like Kapokako had a real hard time getting loose pucks. He had a, first of all, he had a problem getting there. Second of all, he had a problem winning it. Um, And you saw a lot of that just totally changed in the, in the playoff series. Now it's three games. We got swept. It was awesome seeing it happen, but I couldn't be more pumped to see it for a whole season. Now I got to
2: ask you because Kay and I were going into this series and we felt, yes, the Hurricanes on paper are the better team, but we felt even though the pause like really killed the momentum because the Rangers, I felt really like carried on momentum throughout the whole regular season. Mm -hmm. We felt if the Hurricanes win, it feels like an upset because just the Rangers actually looked really well going into the pause and then they just played flat. Were you surprised that you got swept? Did you think they could have stolen a game? Or did you, were you expecting, oh, I think the Rangers could easily win the series?
1: I, I think, like, I had an irrational confidence because the Rangers had owned the Hurricanes all year. Now, even if they'd owned the Hurricanes all year and they swept the season series, like, the advanced stats and some of the – even if you watch the games, like, Igor stole a game and Hank stole a game in one of those games. So it wasn't exactly like they dominated them despite the 4-0 on the, on the spreadsheet there. The thing with the, the Canes is if you look at the roster, loaded, like top yeah. to top to top to bottom, yeah. like they were missing their two top defensemen and we were, they were still an issue. Like, I, like I know Brady Shea um, contributed to the series almost in no way, except for he did score his own goal and he did knock out Jesper fast, which turned out to be a really big blow for the New York Rangers. And he knocked him out, knocked him out in the first, like, I don't know, 15 it's seconds ten, of the eight. game. It was early. It was very early. Yeah. For a minute of the game, he, he, he probably concussed Jesper fast and that was it. Um, So I went to the series expecting, I expected to be five games, if I'm being honest with you. I was like, I think no matter what happens here, we're going to go five games. And it was just so clearly obvious after the first game, it was like, wow, we cannot even hang with this squad. They are a a team that their fourth line was outplaying a lot of what we were doing. Now, David Quinn doesn't play his fourth line really. And Brett Howden got moved up to the third line. And I think Brett Howden sometimes gets a bad rap. I kind of feel bad for him. Um He's kind of been the whipping boy of this playoff series because Jesper Fast wasn't out there to play penalty kill. And I don't know if you guys saw Game One, but I think there was 19 penalties called. It was crazy. Um, it was, it was like seven That's for real. the Rangers and I want to say five for the Hurricanes. I, no, I legit believe it was 19. That's not a made up matter. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that was the actual number of penalties called. So Brett Howden was out there for a shit. Oh, I, can't, I can't curse. I don't know. Doesn't uh, matter. It, 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 all right a shit ton of penalty <laughs> <laughs> at, at that, at that point. So um, I expected the game to go five series. Uh, I expected the series to go five games. It was unfortunate to see the Rangers go out there and play so flat. I mean, when you're Tammy and Amikas of aren't cooking, that's your whole offense. Mm-hmm. And when those guys aren't playing like the young guys stepped up for, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the big guns did nothing. Chris Kreider was totally invisible until game three.
2: I, I look at Hank's performance too. And I felt Game one, he really helped. Like, he, they could have won that game, game mm-hmm. one. But then game two, letting in that early goal, I just felt the team's going to go flat. So what, were, what was your opinion on Hank this series?
1: I thought Hank, you know, he was ready to play. The advantage, when you had to make the argument for Hank over Igor, there wasn't really a lot to say. Igor was the starter. He had a really great record for the year. Um, it was clear that Quinn trusted him, but Hank had the advantage of being on ice the entire time. Like Sweden didn't shut down. So he was able to go back home and play on ice every single day. He was ready. He was ready to go, but you've seen the defense that was put in front of him. Like (laughs) Tony, Tony D'Angelo was struggling mightily, no matter what you think about him as a person, like there's no argument of what was happening with Tony on the ice. Just wasn't, he was having a really bad series. Now that doesn't matter if he was injured or not. He was playing horribly. Um, same thing with Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith was getting worked. Like, I like Brandon Smith too. I, I think he's not a first-line defenseman. That's I'm not breaking news by saying that. He played left wing for most of the year. Like, this is a guy that is now on your first-line defenseman because he traded Brady Shea. Um, he was getting worked by Aho and Shvestikov. Like that's not <laughs> that most people do. Um, and then Mark Stahl is a traffic cone. And it's unfortunate <laughs> for I, I like Mark Stahl. I think he gets a really bad rap. Like he got paid injuries derailed his career. I'm sure he would have had a better career without like, you know, the concussions, the eye injury and a lot of stuff that happened to his body. He's still like not old. I think he's like two years older than me, but he, he just can't defend the way he wants. And when, that, when three of your defensive pairings are like that and Adam Fox isn't being his normal self and Jacob Trouba is just being not excellent, but just above average, you got a problem. Like the Hurricanes are no joke. Like they're playing the Bruins right now or the, the series is 1-1 as we record this. Um, they haven't played game three yet, but they're, the Bruins are a much better, like there's just a much better team. There's no argument than the New York Rangers at this point. Their depth is crazy and the, Hur- the Hurricanes are able to handle, handle them very easily. Um, and we'll see how that series plays out.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I actually want to mention something about D'Angelo, and mm-hmm. I kind of want to also bring in Stroman to this conversation. Sure. Um, so, this got me thinking, because I know a lot of fans are saying, get rid of DeAngelo because his character outside the ice, but he's a really good hockey player, and you cannot deny that. Yeah. So, this kind of character came my mind to ask you. This is a, they're, giving, they're offered the same contract in the same exact length. Who are you keeping, Stroman or D'Angelo? The problem is, I don't
1: think you're going to uh, keep either um really really um i think because of the flat cap i think what's going to happen is this i know that those guys are looking for long-term deals they're young they're talented you know and i know that tony's looking for big money and he should be like hands up you know it doesn't matter what you think about him like he's his offensive ability as a defenseman is is tremendous um and he's going to be looking for a long-term deal here's the problem unfortunately there's a flat cap now and a lot of those players aren't going to get what they wanted. I truly believe the Rangers were lining up to give Tony D'Angelo some serious cash. Um, And then the flat cap happened and then they realized, Oh, if we sign Tony D'Angelo, our right side is now, that's our right side for our Stanley cup window. That's it. You you're playing Adam Fox, Jacob Truba and Tony D'Angelo for your Stanley cup run. And you just saw your right side get absolutely demolished. Um, in a hurricane series, so do I think they'll they'll explore trades for Strom and and D'Angelo? Yeah, and I Tony D'Angelo to me is a better player than Ryan Strom. He just is. He provides more to your team. He provides a. It's really hard to find scoring on defense. You guys know that, it, especially of that level. But if you can't defend, you can't win. Like that's just what it is. So the Rangers are are really having a lot of problem at center right now. They put heel at wing during the, during the playoffs expansion. So I think you're going to see there, there are a lot of players that are going to get explored in trades. It's going to be all, anybody that's not on a long-term contracts. You're going to see Reinstrom get his name out there. You're going to see Tony D'Angelo. You're going to see Butchnevich's name out there. You're going to see Georgiev's name out there, especially because they just got Alexi. Um, there's a lot going on there. If anyone's not signed for more than three years and their name's not Mika Zvinijad, they're going to be explored. And if they can get something they feel is a fair deal back, I don't see that happening. Just, and just one last point on this. I really do think both those guys are going to get taken to arbitration and they're going to go on one year deals again, because they're going to wait to see how the landscape pops out um, after this year. Now that sucks for them because they both had career years. Absolutely. Both of them. They, and it's, that's what you have to worry about for next year. Can these players who had career years, Mika Zabinojad, Tony D'Angelo, Ryan Strom, the best years of their, of their entire career. Can they repeat it again? Now, reminder, you didn't make the playoffs and you had four players. I didn't even talk about Artemi Panera and have career years.
0: Yeah. It, it's an interesting situation that the Rangers are in right now. They do have a lot of game young players coming up, and they do have a lot of um, contracts that are tradable away. So they're not in a terrible cap crunch, unlike some teams that we've seen play. A lot. Uh, a lot of teams, by
1: the way, and that's going to be what's such an interesting point about the off season is, and something we've been talking about in our show, um, which is the offer sheet, and it's deadly right now for a lot of squads. And there are players like Anthony Cirelli, um on the Tampa Bay Lightning that we'll be targeting. I'm just saying, um, uh, uh, but there are teams that are in cap crutches. and you can you could be like, hey, we could make a trade happen and be friendly, or we can do this offer sheet and you tell us what to do. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to happen. But the, the NHL happens to be a good old boys league where they, no one really does that ever. And one, the only time it really happened is Montreal gifted, gifted Aho to the Carolina Hurricanes who had yeah. such a stupid move, had, had, the, had the cap space. And then were, we're able to sign Aho at $8.5 million when he's an $11 million player. Congratulations. Yeah.
2: Keep an eye on Montreal, though, for Barzell. If everything kind of falls into place, again, with the flat cap, $81 million. I'm t- I've been telling Caden, watch right. out for Montreal. They're always going big name hunting. They need that guy, and Barzell's going to be there. Hopefully.
1: I think the Rangers <laughs> might do Barzell, too. Really? So, I mean, <laughs> <Bam over. laughs> I am okay, over. I am over. Okay. This isn't my point, so I'm going to give credit to Greg, my co host yeah. um, But he came up on the spot on Monday. He was like, okay, you have Kako, you have Lafreniere, well, a third year sorry i'm just i'm still getting used to it a third an year and now you want to give up your next first four round picks like if you're expecting to be competing and you're expecting to be late 20s it's hard to get guys in the late 20s yes the rangers just drafted Niels neals Lundquist. yes they just got keandre miller like these next couple of drafts like it's still hard to get guys in the late 20s if you look at the draft like asset like capital Past fifteen, it is hard to find dudes, and then you just find these guys randomly, like Tampa Lightning do in the second and third round. They become superstars, assholes, and um, <laughs> they, just, <laughs> they, that's what they do. Like you know, we we get Bouchdevich, they get like Nikita Kucherov. It's the same shit. Second so, round. Um, yeah, it's, I hate it. So, um, <laughs> I, I do. You, would you give up your next? If, if 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 you, I could tell you right now. Hey, would you give up your first four round draft, first round back draft picks that are twenty or later for Barzal, who's going to be your center? and you have this, all this draft capital and all these draft prospects, you don't have to give any of it up, would you do that? And you get to hurt your exact rival. It's like, okay, well, it's pretty convincing. Like, yeah. Maybe you would do it. Now, the, re- the counterpoint to it is, would Gordon want to hang on to those first-round picks and use them as ammo at trade, trade deadlines to bolster the team for teams that are desperate? Maybe the long-term value is greater in that way. Who knows? Because um, you kind of pigeonhole yourself into that way. But I would love to be pigeonholed into Barzala and uh, Mika Zabinijad Kako and all these players
2: yeah. speaking of trade though, So you guys have the first overall, overall pick, obviously. Yep. Uh, you're on the, your podcast is on the athletic. I love the athletic. I like read, it. I read an article yesterday saying you can't just, you just can't hang up the phone when the Kings or the Ottawa senators come calling. If for, for some, for an example, Ottawa calls in and says, we'll give you a third and fifth, meaning the third pick and the fifth pick and a prospect. Yeah. Do you think the Rangers think there? Do you think they're just set on Lafreniere number one?
1: I'll tell you this. I have insider information that they're calling season ticket holders saying they that Alexi Lafreniere is going to be a New York Ranger, so you want to renew? Breaking news right here. <laughs> Breaking news! <laughs> so, um, I don't, listen, I, I think it's a good sales tactic already. They're using that um, as it. I think they'd listen. I think that if the Kings were like, hey, you could pick you know, you get you get pick number two. You get uh, two picks of our top prospects. Like I think they probably should, but they won't. Like as a GM, you can't just give up your first round. Like over, well, imagine you pick Byfield and then he just becomes nothing. I'm not saying Byfield would become nothing, right? I'm really not. I'm really high on Byfield. And if you were the New York Ranger, I would be pumped. Um, but you can't give up the. This is the Alexei Lafreniere draft, and yeah. you have the option to draft him and then if you go down and you trade and those guys don't work out to full maximum potential, you will never live it down ever. And then if, uh, if Alexi becomes anywhere near the City Crosby, Connor McDavid level, and he's not those levels, let's make sure that we say that he is yeah. not that kind of player. He is a level below still. If he becomes anywhere near that, if he becomes a top 10 player in the league and those guys are like, not even the top 30, you never hear the end of it. There's yeah. no reason
0: they're not going to risk it. Uh, but that, that kind of answers one of my questions. Uh, I was like, asked, I knew the Rangers are kind of looking at centers for some new pieces. Mm-hmm. And I know there's, there's some uh, a good center in Quinton Byfield, and there's a good uh, like um, tool player in Tim Stutzel. Stutzela. Yes, yeah, St- Stutzel. I, I think it is. I I, yeah, I, I had to look it up to listen to it to hear how I say it. Um, <laughs> do you even consider taking them?
1: No, I can't. Yeah, because because if you if you had this the chance to do something that is like so legendary and draft one overall, even if like value town USA comes where it's like, (laughs) Hey, three, five and another pick and that fills out your squad. And maybe that's the right move. It it might actually be it, but you have to have the cojones. Like you have to be like, (laughs) okay, I'm going to draft what I know is a, is a 10 time all-star. Like it, the Lafreniere projects out to be like a serious player for a long, long time. And he's as safe as they get, like he's just he's already that good. It's he's he's above what Kako was. I would say, like, if I, I people always ask me this question, and I, I do this. Drew Way, who's our prospect expert at Butchers Breakaway, he told me this if Kako was in this draft, he'd probably be drafted four or five, like in that way. Um, it, and he could he could be in the top five, he could be drafted three, but. Lafreniere is, over the last five years, he would probably be ranked number two overall in, in top top overall draft picks. So he's a guarantee. He just is. And to trade that is so hard to do. Yeah. Where do you put Lafreniere? Second, third line, first line? Where do you put him? Unfortunately, he's going to be on the third line um, when he first gets here. Uh, it's going to be a learning process. I think Chris Kreider eventually ends up on the third line. Um, And they're going to have to figure out what they're doing at center. I think that'll be a big thing the Rangers explore this offseason. Can they make a trade for Arisarelli? Can they offer sheet somebody? Can they find that that elusive center? Because the Rangers aren't looking to compete this year. Let's make that super clear. They have $10.1 million worth of Brandon Smith and Mark Stahl on their (laughs) roster that they cannot get rid of. And that will not be happening. They're right pressed up against the cap. It's going to be real tough. Their year for competing is not this year. This is a development year anything they do in the playoffs, even if they make the playoffs is all gravy train 2022, all the money comes off the books. Now there's a lot of rumors. What's going on with Henrik Lundqvist. They've had, they've had the conversation saying, is he going to be retiring? Is he going to be taking money? Are they going to cut him? Who knows? But all the money comes off the books in 2022. Do you have a ton of money coming up? You could start resigning because of Binajad. You could start getting everyone else. If you wanted. Um, you could make a big free agent signing. You could do all these things. That's the year that everyone's going to be coming over. Niels Lundqvist will be here. Keandre Miller will be here. Um, Kraftoff will have hopefully a year under play. Cocco will be two years in the league. Lafreniere will have another, will have another year in the league. Like these, that's the year you're going to see the Rangers try and make their push.
2: I'm so happy you brought up that you don't know, that the Rangers aren't winning next year because I kept on talking to so many Ranger fans because a lot mm-hmm. of my friends are Rangers fans. Yeah, they're all were really, like they're all were so like at a high because you guys had a really good regular season for the Rangers. That's pretty good regular season. You it saw was. strides. You saw good uh, prospects come up and really mm-hmm. play well. And then you got to the playoffs, and everyone's like, oh, we're going to win. We're going to beat Carolina. They voted no for this playing game because this playing rounds because they're afraid of us, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, and I was just, one of those
1: people. Yeah, yeah so it was I.
2: <laughs> but I kept on just, I told them, like, and when they lost, they got swept. I tried to tell them, it's not, a, you weren't a cup team in a blink of an eye. Like, no. You got you to gotta realize it's going to take a process, and you're still in that process. And I'm just glad you brought that up that look they're at the not going to be instant six winning. Of
1: the <laughs> yeah. The New York Rangers. Like, yeah. To win a cup, it's, this isn't the 1990s anymore. Like, you can't have the bottom six that you have. Like, I re-watch, I recently rewatched the entirety of the 94 Cup run for the New York Rangers. Like, it's pretty much Brian Leach, like, by himself. Like, I have to be <laughs> honest. He plays, like, 40 minutes a game sometime. He just does. Um, you can't win that way in the, the new NHL. You need to have the depth. And that's why having Chris Kreider, like, despite it being – an issue with the flat cap in the long run, having it be your third line, left wing, like that's a good problem to have. Like that's a lot of good matchup problems, especially in the future. you got, you're going to have to have three lines deep and a suitable fourth line. If you want to win a cup and you've got to have six strong defenders, no cup team has ever won with, uh, I think most cup teams win playing seven defenders total or less. Um, they don't play anything else. So you have to have all your defensemen together. You need to have them all healthy and you need to have them all be good. We don't have any of that right now, and our bottom <laughs> six is terrible. So, uh, next year is about, defe- is about development, and the year after is
0: really when the cup runs start. Um, so, another question about Lafreniere. That I've, I've seen some videos about who people compare Lafreniere to. I've seen people compare him to a mixed style of Huberto and Ben. I've seen people say um, sometimes Ovechkin. But I want to get your opinion. Yeah. At this point in time in his career, for the style of play that you've seen Lafreniere play at, Mm-hmm. Who do you compare him to in today's NHL or to the past NHL players?
1: I'm not gonna. So the comparison I've seen is Matthew to Chuck. Um I just butchered his last name. Sorry. Um, and <laughs> how we say it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think I butchered it, but it's all right. He. I. I. That's the player I've seen him compared to, like the same like wavelength. I think he's gonna be a much better player. Um, here's the thing. He's a, a really unique player because his vision is unlike anybody else his playmaking ability is unlike anybody else if anyone says like Ovechkin like that's not true at all like the guy is not a pure goal scorer his shot isn't what his makes him special the his what makes Lafreniere special is his playmaking ability I've only watched the highlights you know what I mean I haven't like studied this guy for a long time I've only he's only been in my life for a week there was no way (laughs) I thought he was going to be a New York Ranger how could you ever expect that especially knowing that we wouldn't win the lottery that's insane and we did yeah. Um, so I got to watch a little bit of the clips this week, but really it's his vision, his ability to make plays from anywhere on the ice and they're advanced level plays, especially for his age. So I don't know who to compare him to in the NHL, but just know he's an advanced playmaker who has the ability to score. He usually goes to the net if he wants to score. He is not a sniper. That is not his ability. Um, he scores around the net because his puck handling skills are tremendous and his passing skills are, are at, he makes it scoring goals so easy because all you have to do is tap it in. Um, and that's what's going to be so good about him. And he's going to make anybody he plays with a lot better in that way, which is why it's so impressive for him. Like Kako is a goal scorer. He's a north-south player. He's a big, big guy who's gonna, only getting bigger, only getting stronger, who can get to the net, who can bully people around the net. Well, Lafreniere is going to be a totally different kind of player, not physical, but a skill player that can pass to, pass to anyone, anywhere, anytime. What's your yeah. opinion on David Quinn? Great question. Um, I think David Quinn's real test starts now. It 100. has been a trying two years. I don't think anything Quinn has done has been terrible. I don't, I've never been a moment where I'm like, oh, I, Quinn, this is awful. Like we got to fire this guy now. I think he is really suitable to in-game adjustments. He tries to change things to play the hot hands. His lines get changed up constantly in the game. He, like people will freak out about the lines they puts out and like by the second period, they're all changed. <laughs> like that's just, yeah. that's just what it is with him. I think he's learning how to be a coach in the NHL but the test really starts now. I think he got out coach in the Carolina Hurricane series, but he Easily. also needs yeah, but he also needs his players to play. Like he needs Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad to do that. Now it's his job to motivate them, of course. Um, but he just they, they didn't play and he couldn't get them to go. He took the blame and he did the right thing. Um, but his real test starts now. He was handed the number 1 and number 2 overall picks. He was handed Artemi Panarin He's handed Mika a bit of Jad and now he has a, a, a hopefully a franchise goalie in Igor Sisterkin. And if you can't win with that, well, then there's a problem. And I think he has a two-year leash of, like I said, getting things together. If, if the 2022 season doesn't go well for David Quinn, I'm really curious as to where uh, the New York Rangers go, because as you know, the NHL is a circular uh, coaching hire league where they just yeah. hire the same guys over and over again. And David Quinn is not that situation which is weird because the Rangers went outside the box to hire David Quinn. He mm-hmm. wasn't like one of these recycled coaches, like the devil's just did with Randy, Lindy Ruff or like all these coaches do all the time. It just doesn't <laughs> happen. So I'm curious to see what Quinn does. His Quinn bin techniques of benching people has worked. I hate it, but the guys seem to respond like it. They come back and they play hard. Those next games like every single time. Uh, I'm not sure his, he's an of and O guys, but he seems, he seemed to be a great motivator. I want to see what he does in his next two years and see how he evolves as a coach. Cause he's a great quote. He has a lot of personality. He's seems to get the guys motivated to play. seems like the guys like him. Um, and I'm not sure he's going to be the guy that takes you to the cup. And I don't think that was supposed to be his job. I think he was supposed to be the interim guy. Like, Hey, can you development all these kids? And then all of a sudden, all these great things happen. You can't, see the future. Do you still think there's a fast internal clock, though, because John Davidson didn't hire him? Because
2: normally when guys like him come in, they want their own guy at the helm in all of sports. Like, do you still think there's an internal clock there, or do you still think he'll be there for the next two years?
1: I think you could say that about Gorton, too, though, right? Yeah. Gorton's not JD's hire, but Gorton has made some good moves. He's made some bad moves. Like, and again, you can't see the future. Like, yeah, it sucks that we traded JT Miller, and now he's awesome in Vancouver. But... JT Miller was a problem on the New York Rangers. There was a lot of issues, and like they didn't really like his attitude and all this shit. And he wasn't that great when he was a New York Ranger. He needed a change of scenery. You can see this all the time in all sports, by the way. Yeah. Um, in, in Sunny Gray, it was terrible on the Yankees. He was awful. And awful. now he's now he's going to be a Cy Young contender on the Cincinnati Reds. Like that's just the way it is. And there, there there's so many different uh, situations for that. So has Gordon been a perfect GM? No. Um, but I, I think. Davidson is a really trusting guy. And if you earn his trust and you stay on his side, the same thing for Quinn, same thing for Gordon. I don't see those guys having short leashes right now because if you perform and you work well with Davidson, he's going to keep you around. Uh, but I wouldn't, I, w- I I feel very comfortable with Davidson at the helm of the New York Rangers and just the way he builds relationships and the way he manages um, squads. Like I, that's the guy I want speaking for my organization and I trust in this decision making. So if he feels like Quinn is it's not the time for Quinn, I really think he'll say, like, hey, I'm just not the guy. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Um, so I kinda wanna jump back to La here very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, or actually draft lot around one day. <laughs> so I remember getting home from work and running to my room, getting my Mika's a bit jersey on just sitting in front of the TV. Yep. I was just sitting there waiting for it to happen. I saw them drop the ball on accident. Obviously, it's a whole controversy now that he, he dropped the going to be. Well, so, you know why it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and when – so when I first saw the ball mm-hmm. and I saw the ball come up, I kind of was looking for the, the Rangers ball in that little jumble of eight. And I'm like, I can't find it. I can't see it. It's not going to be us. It's going to be like Minnesota or it's going to watch it be Pittsburgh. Uh, and then I saw the ball come up. I kind of saw a glimpse of blue, but I didn't want to get my hopes up. Then yes. once I started zooming in on the ball – I was going nuts. So what was your reaction when they so, first started zooming in on the ball? Great so question. I would, love to, I would love to tell you that,
1: but my stream froze. And um, <laughs> the first thing I saw was my Twitter refresh for Elliot Freeman. It just said, NYR wins. And I was like, oh, my God. And I totally um, – I was just sitting right here. I got up, and I, like, just sat on the ground in, like, a fetal position. Um, I wish I was recording myself because my plan was to go live on Twitch. And then uh, the, the whole thing went – a little wonky and I didn't have the time to get everything together a lot of stuff going on I just moved and a bunch of personal stuff so I was like okay you know um I'm not gonna do this but it was just a manic moment I was like screaming like laughing I was making a lot of weird noises like it was I if I I'm kind of glad I didn't record it because the cops might have come to my house and try to lock me up and uh it just is it didn't feel real for a couple days and it still doesn't feel real um I will say that like I'm not as excited as I was for Kako and maybe that's because it's a different kind of excitement. Like when Kako came in, it was like, Oh my God, we got so lucky. This is crazy. Like to get the number two overall pick. Like, I can't believe this. And it was just like another, like, Oh wow. The rebuild process is going really well. That's awesome. The excitement in this way is totally different. It's like, Oh wow. Like now we, this changes everything. Yeah. It, it changes our contention window. It changes the next 15 years of New York Rangers hockey. Like there's a chance this guy never wears another uniform. That's because that's how hockey works. You don't see that really in other sports anymore, like the NBA, like especially in the NFL, unless you're a quarterback. And unless you're a really good quarterback, you change teams all the time. Um, and you can make this case for everyone. But in hockey, these guys sign – they're there for five years, and then they're there for another uh, – they're there for – like they sign seven-year deals. So I don't, I don't know exactly what to make of it, but Lafreniere is going to be in my life for the next 14 years.
2: Yeah. So it's
0: very strange. And then he'll become a lightning. Yeah, they don't get traded to the Lightning or whatever. <laughs> um, so I remember you mentioned that you were laughing. I saw your tweet. Uh, yeah. You figured out how you were like, you were rolling. I'm literally on my
1: mattress. hardwood floor just <laughs>
0: rolling around. Yeah. It was embarrassing almost, but yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm really excited as a Rangers fan now for the future. And like you mentioned, we have guys like Nils Lundqvist coming up. We have guys like Seandre Miller coming up. You still have a young Julian Gauthier who's just getting his feet wet now. Yep. Capo Caco, again, still getting his feet wet. You're going to get Alexis Lafreniere. Yep. I say you're going to get your – people say, oh, you don't know yet because the draft hasn't happened. You're going to get Lafreniere. You've got guys, yep. guys like Igor. Even yep. backing up, if Gergen does – if is going to pan out, but if Gergen gets traded and Lundqvist retires or he leaves, you still have guys like Adam Huska coming up in the pipeline, Tyler Wall coming up in the pipeline. Yep. Tyler Wall signing the ELC, by the way. Um, yeah. Which, which is one of the most telling things that I've ever seen. Um, I, I – I've seen Tyler Wall play in person because mm-hmm. he plays against my college, yeah. and it's, he is amazing. I think him signing an ELC, you can really read the tea leaves here, that they
1: see a, uh, at least a position in time where Tyler Wall could be the backup to Igor. And signing him that early, especially when you already have Hank and Georgiev on the roster is kind of like, oh. That's interesting. Like, they obviously, they need, a, they need a goalie for the AHL, but who knows what's happening with the AHL. Reminder, that's that was signed after COVID was, like, everywhere. It was signed deep into April, I believe. Yeah. So, to, to make that decision shows you, like, oh, they think very strongly of that guy. And I was surprised that Tyler Wall signed because I think he could have gotten out and got become a free agent, and he still signed with the New York Rangers.
2: What do you think Hank does? Retire, goes somewhere else, or stays?
1: Um, The Little Birds out there are always talking about how there's some sort of for play with his brother, go back. His brother's the captain. He retires and then like leaves all the money on the table. Do you know how hard it is to leave (sighs) 8.5 million on a table? Like, (laughs) like uh, it's, it's really hard to do that, but he has all the, he's made a lot of money in his career. No doubt about it. If he wants to be happy, he's not going to play on the New York Rangers. No, very, very clear. They're going to play Igor. They're playing Igor for the future. Hank, if you want to be a backup for 20, 25 games, who knows how long the next season is, by the way. They might cut it short. Like, they, they haven't announced that. They're looking to start in November. Suddenly, all of a sudden, we're talking She's about – so November. short. <laughs> what? Like, what are we doing? The Cup's going to be given out on, like, October 9th. <laughs> like, the latest. Um, we're going to start in November, I guess. Um, December, something like that. So, I'm really curious just to see. They had some conversations. I think there's – I, th- I really think everything's up up on the table. I don't want to cop out here, but yeah. I think they've had the conversation about buying him out. I I've Multiple beat writers have told me they think they're going to buy him out. Really? So, yeah, I mean, Vince has been on our show. Rick has been on our show. They both have said, like, hey, I don't know. I, I do think the buyout's coming for Hank. And they like Georgiev, by the way. They really, yeah. really like him. Like, when they were – there was a joke where Jeff Gordon was asked, hey, what would you trade Georgiev for? And he, like, offered – some ridiculous package, like some reporter gave him some ridiculous package from the Toronto Maple Leafs. He was like, no, higher. Like, it's <laughs> it's they're super high on him. And why would Gordon trade Georgiev if he believes he's a starter in the NHL? And I say this on every show I'm on, I'll never understand the goalie market in the NHL. So many teams don't have goalies. Georgiev has proven himself to be what is, I believe, a starter in the NHL. And yet, the most they'll give for Georgiev, who could be a starter for five years for their squad, is like a second-round pick. They're like, yeah, I guess we'll get a second-round pick. Like, what? I don't like someone. <laughs> someone explain to me, like, you just got a starting goalie for five years and you think that, that that value is a second round pick. You can't even throw in a prospect. That's it. What is, what is good enough for that? So, if, if Gordon believes that, hey, if Igor doesn't work out, because Igor is still not a sure thing, by the way, it's only been 12 games. We have to see exactly what he is. But if he thinks Georgiev could be that contender with, with Igor to push him, and Georgiev, by the way, is an all class guy. Like, I, I've had the opportunity to meet him and sit down with him. Like just uh, a total gentleman, a total well-spoken guy who is very humble but yet confident in his ability. They love him there. So I, I, if if they could get the right price for Georgiev, I think they'd trade him. But with Hank, they're I think the buyout is leaning there. The Burrs are saying they're he might go back to Fralanda, and if they trade Georgiev, he'll be the backup next year. And that's that's your options. I know.
2: did Panarin exceed all expectations for you this, this season?
1: Yeah, he's fucking awesome. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude.
0: No, man of man of few words.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know what else to say. Like, you be the heart candidate signed, came over, um, played out of his mind. Like, loves being in New York. Like, was super clear. Like, was filming videos in his hotel room on the- <laughs> like his yeah. cell phone up to his face. He's like, "Hi, New York Ranger fans. Uh, <laughs> I love it here." It's amazing. Uh, I'm gonna be awesome. Like, (laughs) and he's he's a full like. That's another guy. Like, he's might be the most fun superstar I've rooted for in hockey history. Like, he just wants to do his best. He talks shit and backs it up. He Mm -hmm. like is fighting for everyone else on his team. He just wants to make New York fans proud of him. Like, he's really quirky. He's super strange. And like, (laughs) yeah. But in like the leg leg kick. Yeah, The, the leg kick, like. You know his Instagram. He's like shirtless, cutting meat, and his <laughs> his caption is "I'm trying to poison people." <laughs> like I'm like, okay, I love this dude. Like he's, uh, I I really like weird weird players and people with weird personalities. Um, and he's definitely got it all.
0: <laughs> all right, um, captaincy. Let's get into this quick. Oh, uh, sure. so that's is interesting. Yeah, it's oh. the it's the chat, isn't it? So no, I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: counterculture everybody. They're not gonna give the the captaincy away until Mark Stahl is off the team. So if, oh, okay. if, if Mark Stahl is on the squad next year, I still don't see them giving the captaincy to Mika Zabinajad. I think. And I think the order actually goes, Chris Kreider, Mika Zabinadjad, um, our time at Panarin. Those, those will be your A's um, in some order with Mark Stahl. But I think they're, Chris being there for the old guard and being sort of a voice in the locker room, um, and being the person he is, and being there forever, they might reward him with the captaincy. It could be Mika Zibanejad, but their best bro is either way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Mark Stahl. They're waiting for
0: Mark Stahl and Hank to be off this team to name a captain again. Interesting. It, uh, that's I didn't actually expect that. I I've, I've seen so many Rangers dead set on saying it's it's Mika Zibanejad. And makes was, a great
2: point though. Kreider's been there forever, yeah, so.
0: Yeah.
2: It only makes sense. And
0: like yeah. I mentioned to you a couple nights ago when we were just um, sitting down playing NHL, how if it's not to Benitez, it's going to be Kreider. I mentioned that if it's not to Benitez, it's Kreider. It, it has to be. I mean, yeah. the guy's been there forever.
1: Like he's, he's legit a veteran now, and he's around for the next six years. Like they love him. Like they wanted Chris to stay, and Chris wanted to stay. Let's make this super clear. Like I, I, Chris took a discount at the time. Let's make like, yes, the cap is flat now, and yes, they worked to the last minute, but there was a deal in place with the Colorado Avalanche. Like there was, and Chris decided to stay instead. Um, like the deal never got done. They couldn't figure it out. Like they couldn't figure out the pieces, but there was a lot of talking back and forth with the Avalanche. And I think they were going to work something out, but Chris really, really wanted to stay. And Davison wanted him on the team because they love the guy. He provides so many different options. And if you look at it for the future, you, you couldn't know you were getting the first overall draft pick. That was also going to be a left winger. Like yeah. he looked at Chris Kreider as, a, as your answer at, at your second line, left wing. Now it's a little different. Like, how were you going to replace Chris Kreider if you didn't get the first overall pick? You weren't. Yeah. And at $6.5 million, when truly, if you know, in a, in another universe where we all are much happier people, COVID doesn't happen. it. The the 6.5 million dollars for Chris Kreider is a steal, a steal, Um, because I think he could have easily gotten eight eight million plus on the open market. Now he cashed out, rightfully so. Um, And now I don't think there's any way he would have gotten uh, 6.5 on the open market. And that's not his fault. That's just people don't have any money. Yeah,
2: let's go back in time to those good old days. Yeah. Were you happy with that contract at the time? Were you surprised that they actually got it done? Or did you think he was
1: going to go to Boston or Colorado? Um, I think the Colorado deal was really close. Um, and I think if the pieces that I, I never got confirmation on it, uh, but I did, did hear around like, Hey, this is what could have been out there for Chris Kreider. Uh, I think it's, it's kind of rough looking back. Like there's a lot of good pieces the Avalanche Mm -hmm. could have given the Rangers, um, a lot of young players, but I love Chris Kreider. He's been my favorite Ranger since I really started getting back into the team. Um, I've always, he's always been the guy I followed the most, obviously, He's always been sort of like a quirky underdog player who like in one moment can be literally the best player on the ice. And then in the next game is absolutely invisible. And that's <laughs> the Chris Kreider story. Um, he could take over it. Like the capital series from a couple of years ago, there's a lot of series where Chris Kreider just turns it on. It's like, Oh my God, this guy's the best player at hockey. And that happens for seven minutes. Um, and that is exactly who Chris Kreider is. So I was thrilled that they signed it. I love Chris Kreider 6.5 million at the time was an absolute steal. Um, to stay uh, because with the cap going up, it it was projected to go up to somewhat 87 87 million or maybe 90 million, depending on what would happen. Not happening anymore for two to three years. Uh, And if you could just add, that's pretty much like adding Chris Kreider for free. Like if you think about it, like that was the cap, you were getting this cap space for getting Chris Kreider and that's just not the case. So very happy about it about the time, happy to have Chris on the team. Um, And remember the New York Raiders have traded and bought out everybody they've ever loved. Everybody, Schattenkirk, every, like they bought him out with two years left. Like yeah. they don't, they don't care. They'll trade. They traded captains. They traded two captains. Um, and Chris Kreider doesn't have a full new mo- no move contract. It's eleven teams that he can't trade to, um, and from my understanding of just looking at some websites that cover these things. So down the line, could I see them tr- tr- dangling Chris Kreider to another team, despite how much they love him and despite him being the captain? Yeah,
2: <laughs> I could. Tampa's on first on the list because that's yeah. what always seems to be They trading. have no money. <laughs> no, I know. I know. They, yeah. they have a, the biggest cap crunch in history. They got to talk about Sorelli, Mikhail Sergachev, yep. and Eric Zarn- Zarnik. So they, they're going to have to – is Kalori going to get traded? Is Tyler Johnson going to be sent to Seattle for the expansion draft? Like, they have a lot of decisions to make.
1: Yeah, I think they'll figure it out. They're a very smart team, but I hope no they take advantage of them.
2: So um, let's go, let's go around the league though, shall we? Sure. What, what, what have you thought of the, like the qualifying round and everything going on? Like, what'd you think of it? Like,
1: um, I thought the qualifying round was fun, especially because we had no hockey. Um, but I never want to see it again. And that's not because the Rangers got their asses kicked or anything like that. It's just because 16 teams is too much. I mean, 24 teams is too much. Like you have to be reward. The regular season has to be worth something because I think the regular season is too long now. Like, yeah, I love watching hockey, but 82 games is too much. I feel the same way about basketball. I feel the same way about the baseball. I don't feel that way because baseball is that's the grind of baseball. Like I think you need that. You need that. You need that. But in hockey and especially basketball, I think you'd be much more, much more well-suited at 60 games at 64 games. And I think that hockey should have like a hockey day. It's just like football does where it's like on Saturdays or whatever. I know college football is so big, but you just pick a day where everyone's playing hockey that day. Like I think if we had less hockey games, there would be more exciting quality on the ice. There'd be more like, Hey, today's the day. Like everyone's playing. This is awesome. Um, and it's just too many games. And if we're going to go back to 82 games, you cannot, you can't do, uh, you can't do 24 teams. Even with 32 teams in the league, you need to keep it at 16.
0: Agreed.
1: It, it's, be it,
2: it's been crazy, though, with all the chaos that's going on, Montreal beating Pittsburgh. Like, even the Bruins were a President's Trophy-winning team, 100 points on their fourth seat, and they're tied 1-1 in the series. Like,
1: right, and their goalie just um, left. It out. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. opted out. And I don't blame them whatsoever, just to make that clear and super quick.
2: Well, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I, listen, it's a hard situation. Really mm-hmm. tough. Um, yeah. He's that he's never going to hear the end of it from the media, and I feel bad. But you have, he, we don't know his personal life. We don't know what's going on. We don't. He has young kids. His wife's pregnant. We have no idea. Yeah. Um, and if Hank did this, I I would feel the same way. Like, hey, he had to go. It sucks, um, especially if we were President Trump Kofi <laughs> President Trump <laughs> winners. That'd be I like wouldn't know how to feel. It would be like I'd be so sad, but like I can't blame the guy. Like that's his family, and also he's won before. <laughs> like. Yeah. You know, I have a cup already.
2: It's not like he doesn't. He's he's probably one of the most hated Bruins though, because he's so shaky that a lot of their fans just don't give him anything. It's either they love him or they don't.
1: <laughs> I listen. I there's so many Ranger fans that. Slide into our mentions about Henrik Lundqvist. It's like, oh, he's washed up. I'm like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. I can't. Like, I'm a Yankee yeah, fan.
2: Like, I'm a Yankee fan. So it's the same way with every freaking Yankee fan. Like yeah. if, if Stan's struggling or Judge is struggling, he's like, oh, oh, let's Stanton. get rid of him.
1: Well, let's get this gets out of the way. Stan's a joke. Like, yeah, man. right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Played through a little injury, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to get your opinions on who he thinks is actually going to win the whole uh, let we'll called we'll call it the COVID Cup. Who do you think is going to
1: win the COVID Cup? Uh, let's go with the Avalanche. I think Nathan McKinnon is just too strong. Best player in the league right now. Uh, could, could take over a game by himself. I know they're 1-1 right now in the series with Coyotes, right? Uh, no, no. Too, no. Long, too, long, too long. Oh, oh. The 2-0? It went to yeah. overtime. My bad. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah, the squad is too strong. And it does suck. Um, I was super high on Ryan Graves when he was a prospect for the New York Rangers. I, was, I had a, a couple guys I really trusted saying they don't know why they didn't give Ryan Graves a shot. Um, never gave him a chance. And to see him perform at a high level for the Colorado Avalanche really hurts my soul. Um, I just think that's, that whole squad has so much talent. Uh, I really don't see a lot of teams beating them. And if it's not, I, I think the East is just beating each other up so badly that I have no idea who's going to come out of the East. But I think, I think the, the Avalanche come out of the West and beat whoever's in the East. Do you have a McDavid or McKinnon guy? Um, I, McDavid is unquestioned the best player in the league. Um, just has the ability to do things that other players can't do. And, uh, I know I've mentioned the NBA a lot on this hockey podcast, but it's not the NBA. Like there's five players you could take over. Like LeBron James can play 44 minutes and be like, I could take over the game. Connor McDavid can't play defense. He can't be a goalie and he can't do all these things Mm -hmm. that, that his team needs him to do. He just can't. And now it's unfortunate that you have five first overall picks, and you can't seem to win with Connor McDavid, which blows my mind. But Connor McDavid is the best player in the league. He does his skating is unmatched, just totally unmatched. He's a freak of nature. Yeah, he's a vanilla ice cream cone. I get it. He's not the most personal guy. Um, but if you go to baseball, so is Mike Trout. He's yeah. just a vanilla ice cream cone, very bland, very that is what he is, but they're the best at what they do, and it's not even close. McKinnon's gonna be able to challenge him over the next couple years, but it's never it, McDavid's another, another class of
0: player. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting because one of our big talking points, me and Jared, who do you rather have McKinnon or McDavid or even the McKinnon Rantanen setup uh, versus the McDavid and drive title setup? Right. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a situation
1: where it's like both squad, like that's an incredible situation to be for both teams and I would love to be that situation and I hope Lafreniere and Kako become that uh, over the years, especially like with the dangerous ability that they could have. They're on ELCs for two more years and who knows how they grow, who knows what they do. And I, I I pray and I hope that that happens. But uh, those two squads, those are guys that are going to be around for a long time. Those, mm-hmm. you, if they can't win, if you can't win a cup with those abilities, like I, you have a lot more problems. That's on your GM, not your players.
2: What do so, you think like of Columbus? I just got to ask. What because your old coach is there. He mm-hmm. they buy into his system. Like Love what tours. do you, I know? Like.
1: Love Torts. Like,
2: what do you think about Columbus going up against Tampa when their series is tied 1-1 when they're going to play tonight? at I,
1: Really hard for me not to root for Torts in every situation. Just, I want to run through a wall for that guy, no matter what he does. Uh, you could tell his players love playing for him. There's been a bunch of other players that have come out and be like, I would love to play for Torts. Like, I think Matt Pilevsky tweeted that the other day. Like, there's a lot. Like, he just gets your guys to, to play. And he has his – his system is in place, and it's hard to beat. He's going to out-tough <sighs> you. We're going to play really stingy, really – Trappy sort of hockey, and it's you're not going to beat us easily. It's just that's it's a system player, and and our system coach rather, and it works. You could see that he's winning with players that are not of the skill level of Tampa Lighting or other players in the league, and he deserves all the credit in the world. I I love that squad, and if they weren't in the
0: Metro, I would be rooting for them all the time. Gotcha. Um, I I don't really have any any more questions. I think we got a lot of it out of the way Uh, quickly. Quickly, quickly. Who's the East? I want to know. Who's your East team coming out against
2: Colorado? Um, I hope it's if not you... the
1: Islanders. I really want them. They to... look
2: good. Tr- I'm telling you, Trotz is the
1: best coach in hockey right now. He... Trotz is annoying. Um, I really <laughs> – this year would be really shitty if the Islanders won. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got the first overall pick, but uh, the only team I don't want to win in the Cup is the Islanders. I could deal with everybody else. I don't really care. Um, I And I don't want it to be the Hurricanes either because we have the first overall pick. I – Rangers South is who I'd go with if they can get it together. Um, and Tampa Bay Lightning, I think they can come out. They, they have the most talent. They have, they have all the pieces. And if Stamkos can come back to the bubble, uh, that team's going to be very, very, very dangerous. So I'll take Tampa Bay Lightning despite Columbus having their number. Yeah, yeah it's not looking too good. <laughs> can I tell you one thing about your guys' podcast? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm a big into doing research on all my competition and scouting them out and seeing and then bragging about it. Um, but when you, you guys have what is called the optimal SEO on iTunes. And I don't know if this was done on purpose or not. So what you did was, and I have it here, the odd man rush podcast, right? Um, you named a couple of your episodes from 2020 after the actual teams. So if you search New York Rangers on iTunes, you actually show up before us sometimes because the exact SEO is right there for New York Rangers. Maybe not done on purpose, oh, but I <laughs>
0: that wasn't.
1: <laughs> but it is funny because if you go on, if you search New York Rangers on iTunes, you guys are the first result because you have an episode that's literally titled New York Rangers. Wow, I, I
0: actually didn't know. I that. honestly did not see
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I've been looking at this for a long time because I was like, what the hell um because we pop up right away we have like all these episodes that yeah. are there and it's just odd, odd man rush podcast and i was like what <laughs> is this bullshit and then i looked and i was like oh my god they have an episode literally named new york rangers and it pops up right at the top so if someone searches on itunes new york rangers and they go to podcast your guys popped up same thing with washington capital same thing with the other teams you guys caught. yes
0: <laughs> we've only we've only done four so it's only a four, four i deal. know but i'm just
1: i'm just letting you know i was like yeah. i don't know if this is a mistake or brilliancy <laughs> no, we just
2: we just want to start up a podcast, so we're just trying to get up. We're, get we're started, so. two, two
0: big hockey fans. We've been best I, friends since, since uh, like, high school, high school, and we're yep. going into our junior years of college. So congratulations
1: on surviving college! Thank <laughs> you. And it's dying times,
0: it's 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 my goal. I know this is kind of like bragging, but my goal is in, in my life. I'm a communication major. I want to be a sports broadcaster. Yeah, good now.
1: luck, my friend. Uh, I I don't. The Athletic is not my full time job.
2: So, uh, <laughs> I gotta say, though, I love The Athletic, though. Thanks, I have this subscription. I love it. I listen to all the podcasts that are. They do a great job. They're great. Uh,
1: the, a lot. I'm, I'm gonna pop out the company, obviously, that I work with. Not my full time job, but it is my second time job that I do on every Monday and Wednesday night. Um, the Athletic does a great job covering all sports, NHL, et cetera, like that. Everyone knows that. So, not we have yet. a lot of great writers there. And um, I always, it's it's the best sports writing you're gonna get mm-hmm. anywhere. If you want, if you want it in depth, because ESPN's not doing it. Um, uh, if you want, especially with hockey, you're not getting yeah. anything close. You're not getting anything. Yeah,
2: it's a it's a great website. So if anyone yeah. doesn't have a subscription, I recommend.
1: And you it's also first. super cheap right now. I'm not gonna get yeah. no. it, but yeah. cheap.
2: And you got a first free year too, because that's what I'm on currently. I'm on my first free year, so. Yeah,
0: it's awesome. So just check yeah. it out, everybody. And any Rangers fans if you haven't already heard of the man we're speaking with. Wow! Go, go listen to the blue Shirt. Go listen to the blue Shirt. <laughs> Unbelievable! Two hundred
1: and forty-eight yeah. straight Monday nights recording. Never missed an episode. Um, we do two episodes a week now, and uh, blue shirts breakaway. We're now we are now a top ten podcast of all time. And in- congratulations! Thank you, congratulations. thank you, thank you, and uh, we're top four all week. Uh, Chicklets obviously number one destroying everybody their top five sports podcast i don't know so I, I can't 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 imagine beating that but super happy to be in the top 10 especially when we just cover one squad
0: yeah um so, can't thank you enough for coming on those, oh yeah, yeah. Of I, I was excited when you when you mentioned that i'm willing to go on any podcast and i had to reach out to you, you go on
2: anything crazy or <laughs>
1: no i've got two podcasts right now and that's <laughs> i'm gonna do a movie podcast i think and that's really it so uh the real
0: problem is that i'm running a half marathon because we won the first overall pick and another problem is you have to go to uh, the Flyers game in the, in the Pope outfit. Yeah,
1: so I do live in Philadelphia now. I moved here in December. Okay. Yep. Uh, and it, uh, I will say there, it's true there are garbage on the streets, um, but there are some nice parts of it too. So I'll be making the pilgrimage over there um, when the Flyers play at home again versus the Rangers, unfortunately. Man. So. Thank you, you wanna- for joining us, Ryan. Yeah. Like,
2: seriously, we
1: appreciate it. Of course, man, appreciate it. Uh, thanks for taking the time, and we'll, we'll talk to you guys soon.
0: Can't thank Absolutely. You enough. Uh, so thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you guys uh, whenever we can. Thanks, Ryan. No problem.